Welcome, my friend. You are listening to the Art Vance Podcast. We are going after God's heart for the arts industry. I am your host, Elliot Bonza. In the midst of everything going on right now, it is so easy to become consumed by the negative report, which can then begin to influence our perspectives of ourselves, of God, and of the arts industry or our art form or sense of creativity. But I want to encourage you, God has a redemptive narrative for you to capture about your identity, but also about your art form and God's designed impact for your art form to have on the world around you. I interview leading voices from industries such as the film and entertainment industry, music industry, uh, visual design, and all other forms of arts. And I love to hear what God is saying in and through these voices in both mainstream and faith-based contexts. So let's jump into this next episode of Art Vance. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Art Vance. I have on the show today a dear friend and also a prophet in the nation who carries such a great wealth of wisdom around the arts and around worship, uh, Roma Waterman who uh, runs her own business online, and she is also a worship songwriter and worship leader. Uh, Roma, it's so good to have you on. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Absolute pleasure. Uh, Thank you for having me. We've um, we've crossed paths over the the last sort of four four years. I think we met Mm -hmm. back in 2018. Yeah. which was, uh, yeah, I was a bit of a geeky moment for me because I'd followed you for a little bit and I was like, oh, I get to meet Roma Waterman Aww. today. Um, introduced by our mutual friend, Stephen Allison. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, yeah, finally get to get you on for episode 10. So Roma, can you tell us a little bit about yourself or, or what you're working on right now? Yeah, yeah. So I, um, like you said, my background is in worship and music. I've been a professional musician um, for too many decades that I can count (laughs) and uh, also just been involved in worship ministry pretty much since I was nine years old. So uh, I've loved the crossover. I've loved, um, you know, seeing God's heart for the arts in general but really I'm a church girl at heart. I'm a worship girl at heart. I love the prophetic. I love the spontaneous song. And then about seven years ago, um, after many years of touring and recording albums, I started to get a little weary, you know, having kids and thinking about what life is going to look like. Um, I started to pray and ask the Lord for a new idea and the idea of an online training school came up and uh, at first it was just one course and I really didn't know what I was doing. I felt very, um, I felt like I was going back to prep, if I'd be honest, you know, first year of school. Um, But that one course was on vocal technique. That one course um, within two years had 30,000 students, which shocked me to the core. And then I was like, I actually really like this. I think I might create some more courses. So I, that started me on a journey of starting our own online school. And now we have, you know, standalone courses you can buy, but we also have a one-year discipleship course called Heart Song Prophetic Alliance, where we raise up not just artists, but entrepreneurs and people that are really just wanting to hear the prophetic voice of God and how to be live a prophetic life. Um, so we're not raising profits, but we're raising people to take their mountain 
you know, to sort of have authority in their sphere and, and hear God for creative and new ideas. And that has been an absolute joy just to be able to run that school. And um, I love it. So I do a lot of Zoom calls as we were talking about yeah. <laughs> before we came online. So it's it's a real I feel really privileged to be in this space and working with people around the world and getting to know people around the world as we impart into them. Yeah, it's fantastic. And that's one of the benefits of having been through this era with um, learning Zoom is that we can actually build those relationships globally. Yes, absolutely. It's been great. You know, like one thing for us in Melbourne, you know, like our lockdown time was quite long. We had about nine months of lockdown and uh, we were just really able to be a, a foundation for because somewhere in the world, one of our students was going through a lockdown. So we would come out of one here and then, you know, Europe was going down into a lockdown or, you know, um, people in the US. And so it really was a great community to just share and talk and go, what is God really doing? Like, what is God doing on the earth and how we can support each other? It's really, it's been great for me. Like it's built some strong foundations in our lives. And I think great art has come out of that. In fact, if I, if you don't mind me to keep talking, if you think about it, the Renaissance came out of a pandemic. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think we we remember, you know, we weren't around when that happened, but that's how the Renaissance was was formed. And also there was a shaking and a rebirth of what the church was and what it represented on the earth. And so we can look at the pandemic and be frustrated or feel like we've lost a few years. But yep. in reality, I actually feel like we're having a renaissance reset Come on. and that the arts that are coming out of this past season, it it might take a little while to get there. Like we're dealing with our hearts. There's been a little bit of trauma for some people that have had some worse than others experiences, you know, but I actually think the most beautiful worship songs, the best uh, the best influence that an art can artist can make inside and outside of the church is going to come within the next ten years, and we'll look back. This will be um, this will be something for the history books, you know. And so I'm excited about that, and we're seeing that with our students: incredible creative ideas, people dreaming inventions, uh, art that's being painted. It's just beautiful to watch, and so um, that's a real gift that COVID has brought us. I really believe. Absolutely. And that's the hope narrative. Like we, like you said, we can get stuck in the negative narrative of what it's cost us, but what about what it's afforded us? Yes. Um, You know, the opportunities we've had because of lockdowns and, you know, the, even just the opportunity to stand in adversity and look up and say, God, what are you saying and what are you doing? Because absolutely. I think it's making the church grow up a little bit, you know, Yeah. Um, especially for those of us who were born in the seventies and the eighties, we grew up with, um, you know, all those movies about the rapture and, you know, you kind of, I've never, I'll be honest, I didn't think much about the end times until the pandemic. And then I'm like, oh, what does the Bible actually say? Like what, what what's actually happening? And then you realise that <laughs> we've had this narrative that maybe hasn't been um, been the right narrative, not the scriptural narrative. And you yeah. start to realise there's actually hope. Jesus is hope for the nations and yeah. that um, even if we are in the end times, you know, I mean some theologians say we've been in the end times with you know, um, marks between that 
word, those two words yeah. for it could have been 100 years. We could be 100 plus years. We might be in the end times for another 100 years. But the bottom line is Jesus is hope for the nations. Yeah. And so this is not a time to be depressed or to be sad or to think so much evil is in the world. When the greatest evil, when there's the greatest darkness is where the light shines. That's a real cliche, but it's the absolute truth. And so this is a season where we can write those songs, paint those um, pieces of art, dance, write, you you know, where we can, we can influence people with this spirit of hope in a way we never could have imagined. And so I, I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I'm, I've got friends that are writing books at the moment and doing stuff that they never would have done if we hadn't had this reset, you know, and yeah. it's exciting to see where that's going to go. Yeah, the old frameworks aren't going to survive the comfort zones. They're not. They're no longer They're not. Yeah, which is good, and it, and it is that that you know we come into greater joy when we get shaken out of those comfort zones that yes. only bring us you know a very small amount of joy. Um, yes, temporary. Um, and I love what you said about the Renaissance because mm. um, yeah, it just so rang true with me off the back of pandemics yeah. and dark night of the souls for nations mm-hmm. um, comes forth a new emphasis of beauty and redemption. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, that's so exciting. So Roma, are you working yes. on anything at the moment? Any uh, books being written at the moment? Any yeah. new songs coming out? What What's happening? Oh gosh. Well, I'm in like probably the most creative time of my life. I, sometimes I feel like I'm being stretched beyond what I think I can do. I don't know why at this stage in my life, it's busier than it's ever been. You kind of think as you get older, maybe you're not you know, those glory days are behind you, but it's not the way God works, is it? Like he's got a plan the whole time. So um, during lockdown, I just before lockdown, I started, uh, I went back to uni. So I'm doing a master's of spirituality with uh, at University of Divinity here in Australia, which is a really different um, pathway for me. You know, like I'm a Pentecostal. I've grown up in a Pentecostal church. Uh, I've seen crazy stuff, you know, and I just felt this urge to go back and study, um, you know, spirituality and the work of the heart and what is God doing in our internal world, you know, what's happening in here and studying the great mystics of the ages. So that's been fun. And then during lockdown, I just decided to start recording an album. So I've got a mini studio at home and I just would just record spontaneous stuff. Yeah. And then send it to my send it to my producer, and then he's been producing it. Also, I've got an album on the way of like soaking, meditation, prayer, and there's a podcast that goes with that. So I'm doing a podcast around how you can actually do that yourself, and oh, you know, right. writing. I'm doing a lot of writing. So uh, part of my uni course, we had to choose an area of focus where we had to work on the heart. And strangely, it turned into me writing a novel. And the novel is about this girl called Zamar, which means song in Hebrew. And she actually goes to this land called the land of Zemra, which means heart in Albanian. And it's really her journeying through the lands of her heart. And 
what happens to you. You know, you receive a call, then you might go to, um, you know, the castle lands, which is where the busyness of life is. Everyone's building their own castles, you know, and then it's all about going deep and going high and the wastelands that we experience, the cave seasons, and then the battle for the sons and the daughters. Like once you receive what God has for you and you understand your calling, you have to fight for others. So don't ask me how that came out of my brain. I am just like, what is going on? My brain is like this. I feel like it's got a hundred things going on, but it has been, I'm not saying it's going to be great or not, but the journey of my own heart in writing this, like writing about yourself and the journey of your heart in third person makes you address things that maybe you wouldn't have addressed before. So there's been times when I've been writing this story, thinking it's a story going, oh, hang on a minute, I need to do some time with the Lord now and <laughs> think about what I just wrote. Yeah. So that's kind of made me go, I'd love to teach other people to do this, create their own heart map. So there's a course coming as well where I'm going to teach people to do this themselves. So there you go. Welcome to the life of my brain. There's a wow. lot going on. <laughs> that's incredible. I think, you know, that's just you're obviously gifted by the Lord with a prolific grace for creativity. Yes. Um, and and you don't just do one thing. And that's the thing about the arts is so, so many times uh, people, even inside the arts, but outside the arts, want to box you into a lane and say, oh, well, they what's do. your lane? And, yeah. and I, I just feel like we're coming into a time where we're going to see a lot more fruitfulness from people who have got their hands in a few different pies. Yes. Because those pies are somehow connected to that person's identity. Yes. Um, and that person's sense and I, of Yeah, and I just think, you know, people listening to this, do away with the narrative of what um, your industry says it's supposed to look and sound like. You know, when I was in my 20s and had record companies chasing after me and I was doing showcases and signing, I thought that was all amazing and exciting. But I can tell you now it was nowhere near as fruitful as the life I'm living now. And um, that doesn't make sense. I'm 51. I'm maybe 20 kilos heavier than I was back then. I don't look the part, I, but it doesn't matter. God doesn't look at those things. He just wants an open and a willing heart. And one of the um, authors that I love to read, I don't know if you've heard of Madeline Lengel. She's written a book called, oh, you've got to get this book. It'll change your life. So Madeline Lengel is, she wrote a lot of children's books in her lifetime. She wrote the book, A Wrinkle in Time. You might know that book, but she wrote a book for creatives called Walking on Water, Reflections on Faith and Art. And it's the only other book in my library that I don't let anybody borrow apart from my Bible. When people go, I love this book. Can I borrow? I'm like, you cannot borrow this book. This is so precious to me. Every page has something underlined. And one of the things that she says to creatives and to writers, and it's always stayed with me, she said, the work doesn't serve you. You serve the work. Wow. And so if we remember that as we're creating, we will go, where does this want to take me? Instead of, no, you have to fit in my paradigm. This is where I think I'm going, so I have to make it work here. So like me writing, I've never written a novel before. I start to write this essay assignment, start to take notes, and all of a sudden I remember this thought, I don't, um, the work doesn't serve me, I serve the work. And when you do that, you have that paradigm shift, you start to create because the work has its own life, you know, 
because it's inspired by God. And so that whole idea has been transforming for me. Just go where your heart wants to go. Um, Of course, we have to understand principles in on certain mountains and the way that an industry works but at the end of the day we really need to go with where our heart's taking us yeah no that's amazing i I love that so it's a wrinkle in time by madeline lingle no it's she's written that book but the book i'm referring to is another book she wrote called walking on water reflections on faith and art wow great book obviously a believer Yes, she was, but she didn't write for a Christian audience. She yep. just wrote for, I mean, I love that about her. She never separated the sacred or the secular. I'm sure we could talk about that for a very long time too. Come on, let's go there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I'm, tired, well, I'm tired of that line. I keep I keep tripping over that line. <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you probably know what I think about it. Like I, I think about my experiences in um mainstream music industry, you know, session work on TV and uh, founding the Melbourne Gospel Choir. We've done a lot of work on like shows like Carols by Candlelight and the Logies and the AFL football, you know, it's been an incredible experience. But, you know, the way that I have prophesied over people in church, I never separated it. And so we have incredible stories of singing prophetically over stars in our nation backstage before they go on stage. Uh, One of the things we love to do every year for Carols by Candlelight is we get a list of um, all the people that are working on the show, not just the stars, but the cameramen and the producers. And we ask the choir, we sit down with the choir and we go, let's write a prophetic Christmas card for every single person. And we don't go, thus saith the Lord. We just go, you know, thank you for everything you do. We just, when I think of you and when I see your name, this is what I sense, this is what I feel. And we have people coming up to us with the card in their hand with tears in their eyes going, (laughs) how do you know this about me, you know? And so I think when we separate our lives to, to be part sacred, part secular, we are missing a portion of God. We're missing the fullness of who God wants to be. And um, I don't think we should separate it. What does that mean? Well, it's going to look different for everybody, but not everyone is called to be a creative in the church. And if we had that, oh, my goodness, I mean, the arts is, we're not redeeming the arts, you know, we're meant to be out there loving everybody and caring for everybody and releasing creativity that impacts nations. And when we have this separation in our mind, we do a disservice to uh, the enormity of who God is and what he can truly achieve across the earth. And so I just don't do that anymore. Does It doesn't mean that you can do the same things in church that you might do uh, in a secular arena but the same presence of God and the same prophetic spirit is there. It's just all about language, just changing how you speak. I mean, I even do this when I go to different churches. So, you know, like at the moment I'm studying with the Catholics, doing my Masters of Spirituality, which I've absolutely loved. Um, And, you know, here I am doing spontaneous prophetic worship music and we had to do a unit last year on Lexio Divina, which is basically um, an ancient meditation practice where you savour the word of God. You don't just read a scripture, but you have a, a, a process where you savor God's word. And you can, um, I started to go, well, 
that's what prophetic worship is, but it's worship. It's with music. And so part of my assignment for that is I said I'm using the, I used my language. I went Lexio Divina. I'm going to write a song in Lexio Divina style. And I loved what my lecturer said at the end. He goes, we've never had anybody do this, but it totally makes sense. We've never heard anyone do it. I said, listen, I'm not the first person to do this, mate. I said, Pentecostals call this prophetic worship. (laughs) But changing the language allowed us to communicate at the same wavelength. And I think that that's an art in itself, isn't it? We need to learn that for the different arenas we are in, but certainly not separate the sacred and the secular. I mean, God is one God. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Let's treat it like that. That's so good. I love that so much. Um, You know, just the whole thing, how you've just kind of come in with a wrecking ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all the wrecking ball happened in my life first. That's why I can talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just the wrecking ball on that sacred secular line. Um, You know, Jesus went in the synagogue once a week, but he was in the marketplace five days a week. Yes. Um, And, yeah, I just I think there's a real callback to that. Now, yes. On a prophetic level, because I know there's people be listening to this podcast who are being called by the Lord back into the arts yes. industry, uh, whether it's a Christian or sorry, a faith emphasis or a mainstream emphasis, it, you know, irrelevant. Um, but they're feeling yeah. called back into it, and they might be facing some intrepidation or intimidation or a sense of that. Um, uh, what do they call it? It's um, it's a condition that people get uh, where imposter syndrome. Where yes. I'm. I'm why am I here? I'm not I'm not the bee's knees. I'm not supposed yeah. to be here. What do you feel like the Lord's heart would be saying to them right now um, as they're facing this next mm, step? Great question. Well, I think that you have to hold in balance two things. One is you do have to be skilled at what you do. We can't just go, just go with your heart, your call, just go for it. We have to be skilled. We have to know what we're doing. Even David, the greatest prophetic worshiper of our you know, in our faith, um, everybody that was involved in the tabernacle, all the priests, all the Levites, all the the prophetic worshippers, the artists, the scribes, they had the, they had to be the most skilled out of everybody to be uh, doing that in the tabernacle. And we should expect nothing less of ourselves. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect. You know, if I be honest and completely raw, I'm not the best singer in the world. I don't think I'm the most amazing musician, but I do work at it. I try hard to be the best that I can be. Mm. And so I think you have to be skilled. That's the first thing. But the second thing is we're not competing with anybody else except ourselves. Come on. And if, if we constantly compare ourselves to other people, we will always be half, we'll bring half of ourselves to the table. And so just going, the only person I'm competing with is myself. You know, like, for example, when I started, um, when I wrote my first book many, many years ago, I remember uh, the record label I was signed to at the time saying to me, what are you doing? You're not an author. Just stick to singing. And I remember thinking, yeah, I are, I'm not an author. What am I doing? Uh-huh. I remember sitting at my computer to start writing this book and all I could think of was those words. Wow. And I'm like, what do I think I'm doing? You know, and I'm nobody special, but eight books later, I'm I'm, I can say I'm an author, right? But it's because I went, I am not going to compare myself 
to other people because if I did, I would never have started, um, you know, in terms of writing songs. Like I, I still, look, every artist goes down this vein and I still have to fight these words and thoughts in my mind. But, you know, I'm 51. I'm going, what am I doing recording music at 51? Aren't I too old for this? And then I just hear the Lord say, well, depends. Are you comparing yourself to that 25-year-old that you think is amazing or are you comparing yourself to your former self because what you had to release 25 years ago, it's so much richer what you have now because you have life experience. So you're not competing with anyone except yourself and even in an industry where that is the norm, which it is in the arts, right, it's competitive, it's tough, you have to be skilled, you have to work hard, but you can actually just go, I'm just going to be competing with myself. So who I was yesterday, am I better than that today? I hope I am. And then you go, that's good. I'm doing good. Maybe the question, the answer will be, actually, no, I don't think I'm better than I was yesterday. I need to do some work. And so just comparing yourself to yourself is incredibly freeing. Uh, changes the game. You know, you just, uh, like, I love what I do now. I am so in the zone of, of my life because I'm just being me and it doesn't matter. I don't care if people go, that was crap. I don't like it. Can I say crap on your on your yes, <laughs> podcast? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I just don't care. I'm too happy yeah. enjoying my creativity and what God wants to do. It becomes, you know what happens when you do this? It becomes your devotion. Yeah. It becomes your common union with the Lord. Yes. When you it's just you and him and your art. Yeah. It's beautiful and it's that's the kind of art that changes the world. Come we on. need more of that. We do. We yeah. do. So really key there, guys, is number one, focus on your skill development. You know, if you are feeling called into the industry, go to work on crafting your skill, creating uh, samples of your work. So if you're a screenwriter, yeah. write 10 pages of a script that you think is absolutely yes. brilliant. If you're an actor, do heaps of self-tapes. If you're a musician going back into the music industry, record lots of, of sample tracks yes. um, and, and get your content ready to go so that you're reminding yourself when you look at your art form, you are only reminding yourself that you are competing with yourself. Yes. Um, not putting it against other people's work because you'll never produce their work because God gave you unique uh, work to produce. Yes. So I Amen. just, yeah. May that minister to people as you hear that. It's a challenge and it's also a ministry to the heart yes. uh, to be free from comparison but also be released into power over mm. your craft. Amen. Um, that's so good, Roma. Thank you so much. Now, could you tell us one story from your career, whether it's, you know, you mentioned you worked on building the gospel choir uh, yes. in Melbourne and there's, I'm sure there's loads of encounters that you look back on and go, that was such a God moment with that singer or with that actor or with that yeah. person that works in that industry. Um, it, can you think of any favourite moments that you kind of refer oh, to and go? So many. I just. Yeah. Could you I tell just, us one? That would be amazing. Yeah. Look, I remember this one time, this was a real learning curve for me. So we had to sing with an artist and we had to start the song off a cappella. And it was an old um, gospel tune called Operator. I don't know if you know that one. Operator, information, give me Jesus on the line, an old R&B tune. Mm-hmm. And um, as we, so we had to start this a cappella and our lead vocalist, 
what um, the main star started in the wrong key. So we knew as he started, we were like, oh no. We're, and so it meant the soprano part was the alto, and we were all straight, we were all looking at each other going, this is going to be a train wreck. And then you hear the band go, one, two, three, operator information. Oh. It was horrible, right? <laughs> so the whole, that whole song was a nightmare. And we were so disappointed because, as most people know who work in television, three minutes on stage. Uh, is like 40 hours of rehearsals to get ready for that. So you just feel really disappointed. I came off the the stage and I was like, wow, we really messed that up. I'm so disappointed. It's so terrible. And we were sort of all being really depressed in the green room. And as we're sitting there, uh, another one of the stars that was on that night came knocking on the door and just said, "Um, Roma, we have a performer here. And if I said their name, you'd know who they were, but I'm not going to say their name. And um, this performer hadn't sung for 20 years live because she'd um, had uh, some experience with drugs and, you know, just had that typical rock and roll lifestyle. And um, it was a really big deal for her to be there. And she was having a lot of anxiety about performing on television for the first time again. And this other star said, oh, I know a bunch of Christians that are here. They could pray with you. Rome is a Christian. Why don't we just go and ask her to pray for you? So I get this knock on the door and I'm all depressed, right, because we've messed up this song. And she said, can you come and pray for her? And I'm like, oh, okay. So the whole choir, 18 of us, went to this little dressing room like that only really seats four people, <laughs> and we all pushed ourselves in there and we were in a circle and we put her in the middle. And as I put my hand on her, full-on prophetic download, like I start to get like, because that's my metron, that's that's my gift, you know, is that I, and I could just sense all these things about, all these things about this person. And I'm like, how in this context do I release the prophetic voice of God to someone who's never had this? So I actually just prayed. I just was like, thank you, Lord, that she was born for such a time as this. I had my eyes closed because I was completely intimidated. Uh, I thank you, Lord, that no matter what she's been through in her life, you care about her. You, You go back for the one. And I just pray that this time of her singing on the platform is going to be impacting and it'll be a, a turning point in her career. So I pray that as I look up and look into her face, like her face is maybe, um, you know, it's only about 60 centimetres away from my face. She's got tears streaming down her face. Yeah. And I look at her and she goes, what was that? And I said, what was what? And she said, that feeling that I had when you prayed for me. And I said to her, that's Jesus loving you because he loves you. Mm. And I walk, we walked back to our green room and the choir was really quiet. And we went, what just happened? And I said, I don't know what just happened. And then this is where it gets cool. She starts telling all the other stars, the choir just prayed for me. It was awesome. So we're getting knocks on our door all night. Can you pray for me too? Can you lay hands on me as well? And we were able to sing and prophesy and love on these amazing creatives. Mm. And I remember going home that night and hearing God's still small voice say to me, sometimes you think you're in a place because of a reason. And then when that reason doesn't work, you get disappointed. But actually I had you there for a whole other purpose. And I'll never forget that. It was life-changing. And so every time we do an event like that, I just have no assumptions anymore. I just go, I'm just going to walk in here and just let, I'm going to serve the work, like Madeline Lingle says. Come on. 
That's beautiful. I'm tearing up as you're talking about that. <laughs> That's so powerful. Um, you know, it's about the people and it's yes. it's about loving the people well as Jesus would if he yes. was in that environment. Yeah. Uh, Roma, would you mind releasing a prayer of blessing over artists? Yes, um, I would love to. We'll be right back after this break. Roma Waterman here. If you're interested in finding out some more info on our online school, I'd love you to check it out. You can find courses there on all things creative, all things worship, and all things prophetic. If you head to romawaterman.com, you will find all the necessary links to all our resources. I'd love you to check them out. As we go into the next phase of the podcast, I want to encourage you to open up your heart because Roma is going to pray over you a prayer that she wrote inspired by the Lord's Prayer, but specifically for the artist community. So open up your heart. We're going to head right into it now. I would love to pray. I'm going to pray from a prayer I actually crafted from the Lord's Prayer for artists. So this is something we do in our online school for creatives. We say, let's try this activation where you actually pray this prayer um, for a period of 30 days as part of releasing new creativity. So it's based off, um, you know, the Lord's Prayer in Scripture, Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. But this is my version and it goes like this. And I will pray it on behalf of everybody who's listening. To the great artist, reveal your art in and through me. Show me who you are as I dance, sing, write, act, paint. Align my kingdom to your kingdom. Lord, rule my kingdom. Let your songs and melodies be mine. Let them resound on earth as they do in heaven. Do what is best in what I create, through what I create. Sustain my body, soul, and spirit. Give me what I need to be all I was created to be. I forgive those for any wrongdoing against me, and I forgive myself for not believing in me. I release grace and mercy through the visuals and the sounds that I create. Teach me the art of forgiveness daily so I can be free of resentment and bitterness. Keep me safe from the identity stealer. Remind me always of who you say I am and that you are in control. You are the great conductor directing the symphony of my life. And as I look to you, let your creativity inspire me to be your great work of art. Let the beauty of who you are transform me and what I create. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the beauty of who you are transform me and the work that I create. Man, what a way to wrap up the podcast. Roma, it's been so good having you on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. What an honour. Love what you're doing, Elliot. Oh, I love it too. I really enjoy it. (laughs) Now, Roma, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, if they just go to my website, romawaterman.com, they'll find all the links to to everywhere, (laughs) (laughs) to the different rabbit warrens of my brain. (laughs) Yeah, the webpage is a feast. You can can have hors d'oeuvres, you can have entrees, mains. That's right. (laughs) It's wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you, Roma Waterman, for being on the show today. And, guys, until next time, shine bright. Continue to go after what God is saying to you about the arts industry because he has given you his own heart with a unique expression for what he's going to do in this new renaissance. See you next time on Artvance. 
So, you want to be a screen actor? Well, it's time to take action. I'm so excited to announce our first Artvance event, a screen acting workshop followed by a night of worship and encounter. I have worked across business, education and ministry environments in training and working with actors. Now I want to help you. I believe God's calling forth an army of artists that will reveal His nature and intentions in the earth and in the arts industry, especially actors. So if you want to refresh your skills, professional knowledge and spiritual intelligence around screen acting, keep your eye out for details coming soon. You've been listening to the Art Vance Podcast. Thanks for tuning in on this episode as we've gone after God's heart for the arts industry. Remember to connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, on our Sounds of Soaring Ministries pages. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you next time on Art Vance.